This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome in. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Annie Fry on this Friday. Happy to be with you today. Live also on YouTube if you want to follow us on there. Leah is continuing to watch comments. And there is, is there a YouTube poll today, Leah? There is, there is. Oh, okay. So what can the people vote on today? Um, Today, we want to know your New Year's Eve plans. Are you staying in? Are you going out? Or are you just sleeping? Okay. All the cool kids stay in. <laughs> cool kids stay in and sleep. No need to go out and cause a ruckus. That's a young guy's game anymore. Okay, so go and vote on that on the YouTube page. If you want to join us on social media, you can do that as well. Uh, or if you want to find me online, Ryan Recker Radio. So you saw the big news about how in Maine the partisan Secretary of State decided that Donald Trump could not be included in the ballot for the primary, the Republican primary. In 2024, it's already shaping up to be quite the year. I would say we had somewhat of a Christmas miracle happen over at CNN because I was looking at some reaction to this. And for the most part, there is bipartisan backlash saying that this is just nonsense, that you would exclude him from this ballot. And even on CNN, there was a person they were interviewing, legal expert, and he was discussing the case and why you should or why you shouldn't, meaning just trying to set up the legal framework of how Maine is trying to justify this, but also how this doesn't work. And I was so shocked that CNN may have had perhaps the most rational guest to lay this out in the most rational way. I was so shocked. I thought to myself, this is tiny Tim could come out right now and say, this is a Christmas miracle. God bless us one and all. And that's the only thing that would top off something like this. Do you want to hear CNN's reaction? Let me play this for you. So what you'll hear first is a clip of the CNN host actually setting this up. And then you'll hear the lawyer's reaction. The 14th Amendment, Section 3, says in plain text that if you shall have engaged in insurrection, you can't be in office. She takes that to mean. All right, I'm going to pause it for a moment. So this is the CNN commentator that leads into this. And the way the CNN commentator brings it up is it's obviously true. We're dealing with a known insurrectionist here. You know how you know is because we've been telling you that same lie for the past two years, three years now. And nonstop have we been broadcasting that. So that's how you know it's true because CNN told you it's true. So. They're already setting this up with the premise that 
obviously the guy created an insurrection and obviously he deserves to be off the ballot. Obviously we hate the guy. Everybody does. So CNN already is laying the groundwork of how I would expect CNN to approach this topic. So let's start it again. Listen to it. The 14th amendment section three says in plain text that if you shall having listen to how he says it in plain text says in plain text that (laughs) if you shall have engaged in insurrection, you can't be in office. She takes that to mean that if she determines that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection, he can't be on the main primary ballot. Is it that simple? No. Is it that simple? Isn't it just that simple? So the CNN anchor is there, obviously, and he's almost speaking as if he's Casey Kasem. Like he's setting it up like a radio disc jockey, and he's pushing his voice a little bit. And Casey Kasem's here to tell you. We're going to count back the indictments. (laughs) But what? What what ends up happening is he says, okay, that's the interpretation of the law. Thus, they have the ability to interfere in this election to remove him off the ballot. Because this is what essentially it amounts to, isn't it? To me, when I look at it, it is election interference. It's someone that's highly partisan, that obviously hates Donald Trump. I don't think there's any question about it. That really didn't have any sort of trial or any sort of hearing, just arbitrarily decided based on her viewing of CNN (laughs) that this guy obviously doesn't deserve to be the president of the United States again. Thus, the people shouldn't be allowed to see his name on the ballot. This is, again, the fallacy that I think CNN has set up and kind of put themselves in this trap is they use this propaganda line over and over and over again. And now we're starting to see some people act on it and they're making it sound like, oh, it's just obvious because, I mean, haven't we been talking about it this whole time? When it's one viewpoint that really isn't a view, it's a viewpoint, that's all it is. If it was something that you can act upon, as in we're going to remove you from a ballot, that would be a whole different story. But what you are acting on is something that isn't concrete. You're acting on an opinion. And now you're interfering with an election. You're allowing your hatred, your bias of the Republican Party or Donald Trump to get in the way of your official duties. So here's how the legal expert breaks it out. And he does such a better job at it. No, it's not that simple. So clearly, Section... I love it how he says, no, no, it's not that simple. No, it's not that simple. So clearly, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says, engage in insurrection, you're out. We all have that. The complicated part and where we are going to see this play out in the courts is who gets to decide and by what process. Now, it's important to note, and in the ruling, the uh, Secretary of State we just heard from says she's basically following the same legal reasoning as the Colorado Supreme Court did last week. And she says in her ruling, if this gets struck down in Colorado, we're out of luck, too. So she's basing it on the same legal argument. Let me sort of lay out the arguments both sides. And by the way, it's worth saying we're all theorizing here. We're in legally unknown territory. The argument against is, first of all, the 14th Amendment, Section 5, says Congress has the authority to pass laws to implement this. They did. They passed the criminal law. And the argument is that means Congress, not the states. But perhaps, and this is the argument that the main Secretary of State in Colorado made, the states can do it too. If that's true, then Section 2, Question 2, is were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there. All right, I'm going to keep record. I'm going to move it a little bit further here, but I wanted to pause it real quick. So this is where I'm going to give this guest in CNN proper credit. He goes on to CNN. They lead him in to say, it's obvious the guy is a bad dude, a bad hombre. He's a he's Donald Trump after all. 
And don't have it. You've been watching our network the past couple of years. Don't you know? So they get out there and he basically says, here's the argument. Here's what their argument is. Here's what the counter argument is. Fantastic guest. I, I just got to say they did an awesome job booking this guy because I think he's laying it out in the exact way that it needs to be laid out. And when you look at these two sides in the way that both of them are being argued, I think it's very clear that he should be on the ballot. So let's listen some more. Fair. Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did, because if you look at the hearing and she details this in the in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, <laughs> news reports, things that would never past the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by the chosen state legislature. By, uh, chosen elected by the legislature, but not democratically elected, not a knock. That's just the way it's set up in Maine. And this hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections, but I think- yeah, Let's pause it here for a second. So imagine if like perhaps, I know Secretary of State, it varies you know, state to state on what certain things are called, but let's say in Maine, they have a Secretary of State. Let's just say hypothetically, this was the state of Missouri and the super liberal legislation decided to make Kim Gardner the Secretary of State. And Kim Gardner said, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos and I watch MSNBC. I know what's up. We're going to ban Donald Trump from the ballot here in Missouri. That's essentially what's happening here, unelected. And then you're taking someone that's highly partisan that was appointed and put into the position, not elected by the people, not accountable by the people either in that sense. So that's why you're starting to see some real flimsy justifications for the judgment that's going on here in Maine, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by the chosen state by uh, chosen elected by the legislature, but not democratically elected. Not a knock. That's just the way it's set up in Maine. And this hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections. But I think the argument you'll hear from opponents is one, not up to the states to do this. This is why we have all different decisions from all different states. And two, the procedures were not up to snuff. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you think the procedures were up to snuff? And you say, what procedures? Oh, you mean someone watched a couple of YouTube videos and they decided they didn't like Donald Trump, so he's off. And oh, yeah. And they also looked at Colorado and said, well, if they're doing it, I guess uh, we could be cool, too, and we can do it here. That was the procedures. And again, a Christmas miracle. CNN brought on a good guest. <laughs> and they actually had a great analysis for it without it going completely off the rails and cuckoo crazy now part of this too is you find that there's a lot of bipartisan support to say that this should be overturned not only in colorado but in maine and so many people have come forward to say that donald trump should be on the ballot democrats and republicans alike even the republicans that hate donald trump have come forward so far and said they like um they like the idea of being able to beat him at the ballot box not through these shady means that they're setting up already. So I got to say, uh, way to go, CNN. And that is one of the big main stories. You heard Fox News cover it in the top of the hour news. Uh, here's some of the other comments that are coming in. Representative Jared Golden noted in a statement, and he's a Democrat from Maine, that he voted to impeach Trump over January 6th and opposes his reelection, but said, quote, we are a nation of laws. Therefore, until he is actually found guilty of the crime of insurrection, he should be allowed on the ballot, end quote. Now, they're throwing everything else at him. What they haven't done, I don't think, for anyone. How many people have they actually charged with insurrection in connection with January 6th? I want to say don't think the number is more than 
zero? Is that zero? Uh, I, I'll have to double check that, but it's a low number. Part of the reason is because you have to reach that threshold and how you would be able to prove it. But what we're also finding when it comes to January 6th is a lot of conflicting evidence has started to find its way into the public's view, mostly because we found the new House Speaker that said, I think the public deserves to be able to see everything that's been documented so far, much like the investigators, uh, investigators on January 6th, the committee was able to put together. And what we find were a few things with this video and a lot of the other parts that were not made available to the public. One, there's another side of the story. Two, they showed a very one-sided side of the story as part of this January 6th commission. Three, uh, they really didn't make any attempt to play this honestly. They only made an attempt to take the things they liked and presented that. And what you find with some of this video is they made it sound like these were bloodthirsty human beings that were going in there like it was a war movie, like it was World War II. And it was basically the Nazis versus the Allies. And that was a bunch of Nazis going into this building here. But what you find is that it was a lot more organized and calm, and a lot of people just got mixed up into it. But they were put into solitary confinement for their walking into a building and leaving the building. And some people still, either under house arrest or maybe not even had the trial date that they should have, we're dating back a couple of years at this point, is a kind of a ridiculous way if you think about it. So there is another side of the story. All I'm saying is part of January 6th and what we're starting to see with all of this, to say that Donald Trump is an insurrectionist is not only jumping the gum, it's a gun, it's irresponsible. And at this point, when it comes to Maine, what you're also pointing out, I think, is a true example of election interference by forcing him off the ballot so late in the game, right before the primaries are about to start, and doing so in such an arbitrary way that it's obvious, obvious that you're doing it because you don't like the guy. You could have started this a long time ago. You could have done this any other time, but you're doing it, I mean, what, weeks before a primary is about to begin? Get out of here with that. So let's also say, hypothetically, the Supreme Court takes the petition of the Republicans from Colorado, and they decide to look at the petition and actually see this and then rule that, no, uh, you can't remove him from the ballot based on the criteria that we're seeing right now, especially through the means that you went through about it. So let's say this is struck down, and the same thing happens in Maine, struck down. Then what happens to all the mail-in ballots? We're talking about a day before the, the primary election is supposed to start. So what happens? to Do you delay the election? That's what I haven't seen yet. How do you make sure the election is fair after your bias against Donald Trump has already played a factor here? How can you go back and make sure you can have a fair primary election if you're trying to push this up so close to the date of voting? Maybe this is part of the strategy as well for them. And if that's the case, that is election interference. So uh, all of these things still need to be answered. And this is very murky, murky territory. And it does it does need to be addressed. And at this point, I think the Supreme Court does need to step in and be very clear, because otherwise, what are we going to do? We're going to just rely on the individual discretion of rogue secretary of states to decide state by state on unelected officials that hate Donald Trump being able to determine if he's allowed to run for office under the criteria of their own. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. If you want to reach the show, I'll, I'll take a look at some of the message on the YouTube page. You know, we don't normally take phone calls, but I guess we could potentially take some phone calls if you wanted to, I guess, maybe can't we Leah? I don't know. Should we? I mean, we I can. 
We don't have to. I don't know. It's kind of a, you know, leading into a holiday weekend. Yeah. We could just have some fun. Uh, I was hoping you could explain to me the Gypsy Rose Blanchard's release from prison and why it's a big deal. Maybe we can do that coming up in the next break as well. Uh, I'm Ryan Riker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome back. Happy to be with you here today. And sometimes there's pop culture things that go on, and I really don't care about them, mostly because I, I don't follow pop culture but then they intersect with the real world at times. Like Taylor Swift's a good example of this. I really don't care about Taylor Swift. Then all of a sudden she's a billionaire and she puts out a movie and it's like the top movie at the box office. And she starts dating an NFL tight end for the Kansas city chiefs. And everyone's talking about her all the time. She's oversaturated everywhere you look. It's Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, maybe one of the biggest musicians of all time. Possibly, I would say, if you were to make a run at the Beatles, there's a Taylor Swift argument that could be made. Not that she's anywhere close, musically speaking, uh, but what I'm saying is in popularity. My goodness, are you kidding with Taylor Swift? And it's been like that for a long time, and she's been able to keep her popularity. There's another thing that was on, like on People Magazine, TMZ. It was a woman by the name of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, I think is her name. And I asked Leah, I said, why, why does everyone care about her? What's going on? Who's Gypsy Rose? And Leah's like, oh, I know who that is. I can talk about that. So can you explain to me why she was in prison and, and now she's out and it's a big deal? Yeah, uh, Can sure. you help me understand this? Yeah, I actually, so I got a summary of what happened. Um, so let's see. Gypsy Road, the story revolves around a mother and daughter that lived in Springfield, Missouri. Gypsy Rose lived under the care of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, who portrayed Gypsy as severely ill, saying she suffered from a range of medical conditions, including leukemia, muscular dystrophy, and other ailments. Dee Dee kept Gypsy isolated from the outside world, portraying her as much younger than her actual age and controlling every aspect of her life, including medical treatments and medications. 
This led to widespread sympathy and support from the community, and numerous charities provided support to the seemingly struggling family. Oh. All of Gypsy's... So wait, hold on. Yeah. So the mom was lying about her daughter's ailments in order to get not only public sympathy, but donations in goodwill? Correct. Okay, and the mom lied about it, and the daughter, it's like she couldn't tell anyone? She had to keep the secret? The daughter didn't know. So the mom raised her as, like, all all Gypsy knew was that she... Daughter, daughter you have leukemia? And yeah. she just went along with it, like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess well, I have I... leukemia. I think the mom had her in a wheelchair from, like, a re- like super young age and just kept her in that and told Gypsy, you know, like, she had the mind of a seven-year-old and just, she grew up, like, go like through all this so that's all she knew she didn't know that she was just so told she, hey you're sick and you know that's yeah you're, you're, you're dying you're yeah. sick you're in a wheelchair don't bother walking you're too you're too fragile to walk and yeah. the daughter just accepts it all because mom says it and you're gonna believe what mom says wow this is horribly tragic so far yeah all i know is she was released from prison so what happens after this what goes on uh, the daughter was in prison i don't get that okay <laughs> yeah so, obviously, all these health issues were fabricated by her mom. Um, in 2015, Gypsy conspired with her boyfriend to murder Dee Dee as an escape from the life of manipulation. The case gained notoriety for its shocking revelations and shedding light on, I'm going to mess this up, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Gypsy, okay. Gypsy was sentenced to prison while her boyfriend received a life sentence for the murder. Her boyfriend? Yeah, because the, bo- the boyfriend was the one that actually killed her mom. Oh, wow. She, w- she was just, like, in on it, but she didn't do it. Like, So the mom gets murdered, mm-hmm. and then Gypsy goes to jail. Mm-hmm. And why is Gypsy in jail? I might have missed that. What was the crime that she committed? She just being just, ignorant? She was part of, like, she didn't do the act of herself of, like, killing her mom, but she was in on it with her boyfriend. Like... So they were she working was in together. on it. Okay, yeah, so they were the, working the, together. The boyfriend. Okay, maybe I misheard you. So I thought when you said boyfriend, it was his. I thought you meant her mom's boyfriend. No, Gypsy's no, boyfriend. No, her boyfriend. Okay, so she gets in on it. Mom <laughs> dies, is yeah. killed. Boyfriend goes to jail. She goes to jail for the conspiracy to kill her mom mm-hmm. and her involvement in it. And then yep. she's in jail, not in a wheelchair with no leukemia. She's walking in jail. Yep, correct. So Whoa. Before they before they killed her mom or whatever, I don't rem- I don't re- know like how it came to be, but Gypsy eventually realized that she was perfectly healthy and there was nothing wrong with her. So that's what she led. thought she was yeah. Superman, like yeah. I just had a miracle. <laughs> yeah, that's what led to her boyfriend and her conspiring to kill her mom. Wow. Could you imagine that? Like, imagine going to one of those, like, prosperity preaching churches. And she's, they're like, bring bring them up. And then they kind of have, like, you know, one of those moments where everyone's just going absolutely crazy. The, the music is just escalating faster and faster. And you have, like, one of those preachers that are, like, knocking people over. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes up, and then all of a sudden she starts walking. You imagine it would have been, like, one of those moments she founds out. That would have been a true television moment right there. Yeah. So and then this story has been adapted into documentaries and specifically the TV series called The Act, which was on Hulu Mm. from a couple of years Mm. ago. 
Yeah. So she's out of jail now. So how long was she in jail for? Uh, I think it was like so eight the... years or something. Oh, Seven wow. That's a long years. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, her mom <laughs> doesn't sound like a great lady. All around, this is such a messy thing. So now she's out of prison. She's walking. She's fine. Would the irony be like she actually gets leukemia? Would that like be the irony of all of this and no one's going to believe her? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not either. Do you think people general, generally like her? Do you think if they did an approval rating, she'd be above 50%? I think so. When I was like looking wow. back at this, I was like, you know... I obviously I don't support murder, but at the same time, this may have been <laughs> if called, I did, this may have been called this would for. Be it. Like I, I kind of support Gypsy here. I'm happy. Wow. To, I'm happy to see her out of prison and you know healthy and you know living her best life now. So there's TMZ. Uh, Gypsy Rose is she married now to the boyfriend? Or is this I don't know. Different? I would imagine no, because her boyfriend. I don't know if it was is... a boyfriend. So she was posting photos in the hotel room. She's doing like these selfie photos. Yeah, I saw those. And now she shows her freedom. And now she says her main goal in life is to go to a Taylor Swift concert. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> she's so she's like, you know what really got me through my hard times was Taylor Swift. That's awesome. Oh boy, uh, yeah. you and I both, Gypsy yeah, Rose. Yeah, I get that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so people like her. Not that you endorse murdering, but if if you did, this would be the way you'd do it. Gypsy Rose Blanchard out of prison. I know everyone was worried that she would get out before the new year, so she gets to celebrate it here in 2024. That's a long time to spend in prison. To think the prison that was that wheelchair of hers, to think of you had the ability to walk this whole time mm-hmm. and the lifestyle your mom forced on you when you were younger, so that's something else. See, I, I was vaguely familiar with the television show, mostly because I, but I didn't realize that was her, and I didn't realize the story ended in the murder of the mom. I didn't realize yeah. that. All right, well, that's a that's a great story. Thank you for helping me understand this a little bit better. Sure. Not that I um, sympathize with her. I don't think she should be a liked person. She shouldn't be liked. We should look at her as a cautionary tale. All teenage girls should understand this story. And somehow this is made into what would feel like a German fairy tale, like a nine, or like a 1500s German fairy tale. That's what has all the earmarks of something like that. Maybe um, Taylor Swift will write a song about her. I don't know. Maybe she'll invite her to the wedding, her and the, the Travis Kelsey wedding. You're still a, you're a big Taylor Swift fan, right? Of course. Do you think she's oversaturated? Are you sick of hearing Taylor Swift stories? Um. Well... Hold on to everything, but actually I am. I told my parents that the other night, and they were like, what? And I was like, yes, I am. I'm getting a little burned out. (laughs) So you go home, you have the Taylor Swift bedspread, and you're like, all right, just like you're like uh, 12 again. And, you know, you have the comforter, big Taylor Swift picture, and then you have the pillow sheet, and you you flipped it over to the other side because you're sick of looking at her all the time. It's That's how bad it's gotten to Taylor Swift right now. Is that is that about right? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I think Taylor Swift has definitely uh, run her course. But, you know, 2024 is a new year. She'll find other things like a breakup or something that'll help her give her people to talk about it. And, you know, later in the show, too, we're going to look at some of the biggest searched trends of the year. And, of course, Taylor Swift is one of them. Uh, another story I saw, and this is over in Canada, and I think this is a cautionary tale. It's one of those tales where you hear you get what you pay for. And this is certainly a you get what you pay for scenario. So here's what ends up happening. Um, you're in Canada. 
you pay high taxes, but part of the offset of the high taxes is that you get free health care, quote unquote free, but you're paying for it, but you're really not because it's kind of bundled in. So they say, this is great. You know, it's 40% tax rate or something like that up in Canada. But at least I know when there's an emergency, I can go in and get checked out and I can go see a doctor. Well, as it turns out, there's a pretty big waiting list in Canadian hospitals right now. More than 3 million Canadians are currently waiting for surgeries, specialists, or scans. So if you are in need of emergency care, it's very difficult because there's a long waiting list. You're not alone and there's a lot of other people. So what does that mean? And what can we learn from that here in the United States? Well, I think we glorify universal health care and say that wouldn't it be great Because ultimately, when people need help, we should be able to help them. And I think we look at Medicare and Medicaid and say, we're able to handle those scenarios where the government gets the bill and it's paid for. But wouldn't it be better if every single American, regardless if they work or not or whatever, or regardless if they come into our country illegally or not, whatever, they are able to get health care when they need it? Well, ironically, if you don't have any health insurance and you go to a hospital in an emergency, they're going to treat you anyway. So I guess if you come into this country and you don't have any documentation, you're still going to be able to get in and see the care that you need. That still happens. Um, But let's look at everyone else. And some people are paying a ton of money for health insurance every month. If you have to force yourself into Obamacare, there's some plans where you're paying like $700 a month and the premium is like sky high, $10,000 yearly uh, deductible or uh, premium, I should say. Uh, Maybe I'm getting the terms mixed up, but. What I'm saying is it's not a perfect system, but it is a system. Let's say we up everyone's taxes by 10%, and we'll say, you know what? The amount of money that you make, we're just going to take an extra 10%, and we're going to pay for everyone's health care. Everyone's going to be taken care of, and you're going to get better service. I want you to put that red flag up as soon as someone says you'll get better service because odds are you won't. What will end up happening is that there will be more people flocking to the services that normally would have been private. And they're going to have less reservation to go see doctors for things they may not need to see doctors for. Or maybe if they do go see doctors, what you'll find is that these places will then build the government as opposed to a private insurer. And when they build a government, they're going to charge more for it. When they charge more for it, the price of it goes up. When the price of it goes up, then your portion of what you pay through your taxes will have to go up or it's offset through something else. They'll have to take away from something else. It's just how it works. So you have to sign off and be prepared for that. Now, if I were a betting man, I would say that we are going to move to a universal health care in this country at some point. I don't know when it's going to happen. It might be 15 years from now. It might be far off, but I think it's going to happen at some point. I think this is something that both Republicans and Democrats are going to find, that we've had so much damage in this country because of poor medical advice during COVID from our own people, our own national people that advised us in the wrong direction. There's going to be so many conflicts in the future that we can't trust whatever the official word is that we're just going to find it nearly impossible. And it's going to be so hard for private insurers to cover all of this that the government's going to say this is the only option because all these other companies are going to start either charging you an arm and a leg even more so or even worse, they'll just shut down and refuse you services. So I don't want to look dystopian here, but I do believe it's going to happen at some point. Okay, 
But here's what's going on in Canada, because you need to know what's going to happen next. A new report from think tank SecondStreet.org has found the number of Canadians dying while on medical wait lists has reached a five-year high. Government data shows more than 17,000 patients died on a wait list between April 1st of last year and March 31st of this year, including 402 people here in Saskatchewan. 402 people died who are waiting for surgery in Saskatchewan. That doesn't encapsulate the failure system-wide that we're learning more and more about each and every day. And let's just be honest, who does that hurt the most? I'm gonna guess it's people that are the sickest, have other conditions, underlying conditions in the elderly. That's who's gonna be affected by this the most. Maybe if you're younger, and you can wait a little bit longer for a surgery, it's not gonna hurt you as much because you're a healthier body. If you're older, other complications, and you're waiting for a surgery, then what's going to happen? Either you put a higher priority on, let's say, older people, and then the balance shifts a little bit. Now it's an even bigger mess. This is kind of what we're trying to avoid. So how do you avoid a system like that where these things happen? I don't think there's an answer. So when anyone says there is an answer, I don't think there is an answer. So now we have to decide what is the best system for us to use. Is it what we're doing right now? Is it something else? Is it a combination of it? Um, I've always theorized that it would be better if the government perhaps just we we had some sort of catastrophic insurance that was included with your citizenship, meaning that you don't have to go into bankruptcy and lose every single one of your possessions in life to go into medical debt that you're never going to pay off in the course of your life. Maybe if we had some sort of catastrophic insurance. So that way, you at least know you'll be able to keep a house and a car and some of the things you like. Maybe that could be a compromise. Uh, we got to take a break. I know we're running late, but when we come back, I, I, I really don't know what the answer is. And I, I don't think we're going to find it on this couple of days before New Year's Eve. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Well, thanks for playing Taylor Swift. This is great. This is Taylor Swift, right? Uh, it's Bruno Mars. I have Taylor Swift in the last hour for you. Oh, Bruno Swift. Got it. Um, I just feel so out of the loop. I just don't know any of the music anymore. <laughs> you get to a certain age and things just start changing so fast and you don't really care enough to keep up with it. And next thing you know, it, it's almost like watching sports. It's a strange thing. You can watch sports growing up. And if you ever stop watching sports, next thing you know, you turn around and any player you knew no longer in the league. And you're like, what happened? Like, uh, where did all the people I recognize go? And I don't have the ability to learn all the new people. It's too hard. Too hard. Uh, I don't got, you know, to quote a very famous woman, ain't nobody got time for that. 
So I'm looking at some of the big box office uh, hits from this past year, ones that didn't hit. 2024 box office could lose a billion dollars due to lack of major Hollywood movies. And that surprises me because you had a couple of billion dollar movies, I thought. I thought in 2024 you had, what was it, the Barbie and Oppenheimer. I thought both of those did very, very well in the box office. But it says this year there was quite a few new installments to popular franchises. Uh, next year, meaning. So they're saying things like the Deadpool movie, the new Planet of the Apes, the new Dune, a new Godzilla. Uh, those are all things that are going to be coming out next year. But maybe on a side note, I remember the first Dune came out and everyone thought it was great. I thought it was the dumbest movie. It was so boring. I can't believe people liked it. It, it was one of those movies where I almost got mad that people liked this. I thought, why? It's so slow. Uh, but this is what they're saying. The domestic box office is expected to crash 11% in 2024, landing a billion dollars below the roughly $9 billion gross from 2023. Major driving factor for those projections is that only 107 movies will be slated next year as compared to the 124 that premiered through 2023. So you have this down year, but we're looking at the box office next year down a billion. Maybe I misquoted, but saying the biggest box office uh, they're scared next year it's just going to be a bad year you know what i noticed a lot of movie theaters started to do they started to show old movies like re-releasing old films and hoping that the nostalgia factor will bring you in and though it has been very tempting i have yet to take it up on that i kept telling my son we should go see back to the future next time they have it in the theater and every once in a while they do but here's what ends up happening i don't go to the movie theater enough to like actually make the effort to go do it it's a big, big commitment. Uh, it says that, particularly the case with Barbie Heimer, um, 2023 saw a number of surprises like Barbie and Oppenheimer. Both those movies rise worldwide top three for the year. I know the Taylor Swift movie got a lot of money. Wasn't it number one on the movies charts for a couple of weeks in a row? I think so, so. And it's, what was the name of the movie, Leah? It was... It was the Eris the, the tour. I don't. Eris tour? Eras. Eras. Oh, I see. Because she's so old now that she <laughs> spans multiple eras. Then she's out there and she made a ton of money doing that. And she's a billionaire now. So she just keeps finding more ways to, to make money. I'm, I'm kind of jealous in the sense that she is just like a behemoth. Um, I. I I wonder, again, what would take her down because all things come to an end at some point. You know what I would like to see um, with Taylor Swift? I would like to see her put out an album and it bombs. Wouldn't that be great? Because all of her albums are like huge successes. She's due for a bomb. So maybe 2024 will be the year of Taylor's bomb. And then they're going to blame it on Travis Kelsey. And they'll say, it's you're spending too much time with these boys. It's hurting you artistically. Or she'll just re-release old material and make a billion dollars off of that too. Also, um, starting to get a little bit of traction here, Amazon says that its streaming services are going to start charging in 2024. What a bad experience. I, I think about the way I experienced music growing up. Either you listened to it on the radio or you went to a music store, a Sam Goody or whatever, or you, you were a part of one of those music clubs where you paid a penny, you got like 10 cassette tapes in the mail, <laughs> and then you had to buy 
additional CDs for like 20 bucks a piece, much more than you would pay in the store uh, to be part of this music club. I used to do that. I was part of the music club. I got the cheapest albums and then I bought some from them. And then when my obligation was over, it was over. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It was a good deal getting 12 CDs in the mail or six CDs in the mail, whatever it was. It was awesome. But then eventually uh, you found other ways to get music. You could purchase the albums online. You didn't have to go to a physical store. And then eventually there were the iPods where you can just purchase the individual song for about 99 cents. That was such a big deal. And then after that, um, now you can stream it for free. YouTube, uh, Spotify, stuff like that. But I think each time they moved forward, they found a way to better serve the individual, the user. They found a way to make the experience better. You know, you can't go around with a record player on your shoulder or a boom box forever. Uh, but eventually they found a way and it became easier, more accessible. And actually it was great. It was, it helped you discover new music that way. You became more inclined to, I guess, purchase music from people you wouldn't have. And, you know, then it started to decline a little bit. People weren't spending as much and now more people streaming and the artists aren't making as much as they used to based on album sales. But still the user experience was very pleasant. Movies and television almost have gone in the opposite direction. Movies, a little bit less than television. But what they found was you got a DVR. That was a game changer. You could skip through commercials on your individual couch, much like the VCR. But this was even easier to skip through them. Recorded it for you. Got high quality you know, recordings. And that was great. And then they found ways to advertise you more and more. What they decided to do was, let's say, stream on Netflix at first was, I remember when you would get the DVDs through the mail on Netflix, and it was kind of an add-on that they would put some movies online. They weren't new releases. They were always like B-level movies. There weren't anything spectacular on the streaming service, but it was something that was pretty cool. You can stream a movie. You don't have to wait for the disc to come in. Then eventually everything moved to streaming. Forget about the physical disc itself. But now we're at the point where if you subscribe to a service, if you want to get the best deal, you're going to have to watch commercials. And you could be in the middle of a show and it just forces a commercial on it. You could be in the middle of a movie. It'll just force a commercial on you. And basically it taunts you. It says you're going to sit here and you're going to like this or we're going to charge you more money. And you're thinking, oh, I should just pay the extra eight bucks a month. But then at the same time, you think, no, no, I can go to the bathroom. I can get up and, you know, wash dishes for a minute. Uh, I can do something. I can look at my phone because I'm probably doing that anyway. I'll just keep looking at my phone. So they found ways to make it more accessible, but the experience declined. And that's what I thought with Amazon. Maybe it could have been a little bit different. Amazon found ways to make things more convenient from a purchasing point. You can go on their website. They'll get a box to you sometimes the same day, and you can have your item sitting there waiting for you on your porch. If not the same day, maybe two days from now. And it was amazing. Yeah, It was just there, and it changed the way you shop. It's a behemoth, and it offered all kinds of other services, including the streaming, which was included as part of your delivery service with the Amazon Prime. Now they're saying they're going to start putting commercials in there or charge you an extra $3 a month to not use the commercials. And then I thought, this is one of the first times you're going backwards. Video has found ways to advance itself technologically, but go backwards when it comes to the user experience. Because Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus and all of these big streamers, 
um, it almost seems like they all put commercials into the stuff now. YouTube with Google or whatever it is. I was watching a movie, and when they put the commercials into it, I thought, this really disrupts the flow of it. Uh, I was hoping Amazon wouldn't go down this route, but they did. Amazon Prime, $8.99 per month. The Prime membership is about $140 a year. That's what uh, we subscribe to. We have the Prime membership at our house. We don't watch a ton of the Amazon Prime videos. It's just kind of an added bonus. So obviously, we're not going to be paying an extra $3. And you know what the other risk of all of this is? If you have kids in your household and they watch programming on your account, the big question is, what's the ad that's going to be shown to my child? Is it going to be age appropriate? Because sometimes they're not. Sometimes, you know, you're watching a show or whatever it is, and the ad is, I don't know, alcohol or, you know, something adult, you know, oh, take this pill, guys. You know, it could be something like that. And they show a lot of those type of ads on there. Eh, It just makes me a little bit worried. Oh, we got a lot to get to on the show here still. And I'm trying to find more ways I can make fun of Taylor Swift. Like, oh, I, It's, it's not goodness. like it's that. It's not that it's hard to make fun of Taylor Swift, but it almost feels like I have an obligation when I'm filling in. And Leah, you're sitting in there and you when you least expect it, I want to put a jab in for Taylor Swift. So I don't know how many times I can do it this show. Maybe if people are playing from home and they have like perhaps a bingo card, they can dab it every time they hear a Taylor Swift insult. Or if you want to go on the YouTube chat and make fun of Taylor Swift, I can go through some of those comments. Would be nice. Do you think people just generally like YouTube? Uh, yeah, an extra two ninety nine comes out to almost a 25% increase. One person message in. That's really good. One person said they tried to watch the Barbie movie, but I just couldn't get through it. It was amazing that it took in over $1.4 billion. My wife really wanted to go see the Barbie movie. Really, really. And I, I said, see honey, it too. I said, I'm not going to see it with you. I have no interest in that. So she said, what if I go with one of my friends? Can I go? I'm like, okay, fine. You go with one of her friends. My wife knows me. She knows how to get me worked up. Like she knows exactly what to say to get me like, oh, you, you got to be kidding. There's a, like one thing. She'll sometimes say things like, you know, that's real. Unlike the moon landing, she'll like say something like that. Or she'll say, um, if I'm not getting something done in a timely manner around the house, do I need to call my dad to get him out here to help you fix this? Oh, that triggers me so good. The other thing that she came back watching the Barbie movie, she she came back and she said, you know, I think I'm I'm thinking about dyeing my hair blue. <laughs> you watch the Barbie movie and she's like, yeah. I think I'm going to be a super feminist and I'm going to dye my hair blue and I'm going to start um, hating America. And I don't know what she said, but just in general. But she started working me up like this. And then I realized what she was doing to me and I did not appreciate it. So essentially, that's what I'm going to do for you and Taylor Swift. I'm just going to find ways to uh, work you up in the next couple of hours. And anyone that may be listening that can help me with that. Let's go. Oh, Annie is also a Swifty. Is that right? Yep. Okay, Annie, we can't have it. (laughs) All right, I'm filling in for a couple of four hours. If they'll let me, if the Swift Nation will, on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.